Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Managing Editor Brendan Slaughter joined, as always, by recruiting analyst Jared Hallis. It's a special edition of the Edge Podcast, early National Letter of Intent Day. Oregon State signed 11 commitments, or 11 signees today, rather, and we'll be breaking them all down here. Jared, just right before we get in and get into it, um, just what would you think of the day so far? Oregon State obviously wrapped it up uh, relatively quickly in the morning. We knew it would be a small class. Um, like I said, we'll be breaking it, breaking it down in detail, but uh, just what do you think as everything kind of came together today? Yeah, yeah, I think it's important to note right away that two of those 11 uh, were preferred walk-ons. So yes. nine scholarships, um, one of them being from, from the 2018 class originally. Uh, so overall, though, uh, just to get back to the question, I think great day. Um, you know, one thing that really has always stood out to me since I've been working on edge is that it's always pretty drama free, even not even just signing day, but throughout the whole recruiting process for a lot of these guys, it's like once they're locked in with Oregon State, like the, the staff does an excellent job making sure that, that those guys are continuing to be locked in throughout the whole process. Um, and so, I, I, you know, you saw it again this year. Of course, they had less people to work on. Um, but really, I mean, you, you know, you've got classes like let's just say let's just say Georgia, for example, um, you know, they had a they had a guy who's like number one junior college prospect in the country flip from them to Jackson State to go play for primetime Deion Sanders. Hey, he's been getting some guys, though. I mean, yeah, I gotta yeah. give primetime his due. But all, what, all I'm trying to say is, like, it's always drama free and drama can sometimes be fun if it goes your way. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's also nice to uh you know, be confident in the guys you have coming in and know that they're going to be beavers. And, you know, we saw it again today. Certainly. And, you know, as we kind of break into it, we're obviously going to get right into the podcast. So, Jared, I think we should just get right into it uh, as we uh, are actually recording this podcast uh, just before uh, head coach Jonathan Smith is supposed to meet the media uh, later today. So let's just go ahead and get right on into it. Uh, Right off the bat, uh, Sam Vidlak, quarterback, Local homegrown kid coming in from Grants Pass, uh, Hidden Valley, six foot one, 185 pounds. Jared, we've talked about Sam. We've had Sam on this podcast. Sam is someone that we really think has a high ceiling at Oregon State and fits the program extremely well. Um, what, what would you have to say about him? Yeah, I mean, you, you pretty much hit on the head. High character kid. Yep. Uh, he's just good off the field as he is on it. Um, and he's, he's so excited, man. He's locked in. It's easy to forget that he was at one point committed to Montana uh, because of how locked in he's been since he's been an Oregon State commit. You know, he instantly hit the ground running recruiting for the team, trying to bring in a bunch of other players to to join the class um, and did a fantastic job with that. You know, he's been the definition of what you'd want to see from a a committed recruit. There was never a single question about, you know, his future after he committed to Oregon State. Um, So it's been super cool to, to follow along with him throughout the process. Hell of a player. I mean, guy lights it up. And, and, you know, if you remember back to the episode where we had Mike, uh, our publisher, Mike Singer on here, Stones was the word. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, got, he's got some stones, you know. He's a playmaker. And you got to have stones to be a playmaker, especially at the quarterback position. So uh, great addition, fantastic addition. I'm excited to see him. And then obviously we'd be uh, remiss if we didn't mention that the Oregon State's second edition as we move right along uh, ahead, Jake Blair coming in from Camas, Washington. Uh, the Beavers continuing that uh, Camas pipeline after Jack Coletto came in a couple years ago as a quarterback and turned into, you know, quite the uh, multifaceted guy. I know Jonathan Smith and his staff 
really like that program up there at Camus. It's a pretty solid program, uh, or even more than pretty solid, a very good program um, really? over the last few years. And I've actually got a chance to see him play a couple of times. Um, with Blair, I mean, obviously coming in as a preferred walk-on, we've seen that uh, Jackson Chris did that uh, either, I believe it was two recruiting cycles ago now, maybe it was last year. And, um, you know, the Beavers like to do this occasionally, take a flyer on a guy at quarterback that, you know, could pan out. You know, Jonathan Smith says it all the time. He himself started as a walk-on. So, you know, sometimes you want to keep that door open, give a guy a chance. And um, just kind of like you mentioned with Sam, knowing how Jonathan Smith and his staff know that program, Jake Blair is just another high character guy coming in from a great program. It'll fit this program like a glove. Yeah, no, again, you hit it on the head. And uh, I think that's important for a lot of PWO guys. When your head coach started his college career as a preferred walk-on, was able to make a name for himself, uh, you know, and, and earn a scholarship. So I think when, you, when you're able to kind of say, like, listen, this is what we're going to – this is the opportunity that you're going to have here, but I want you to know that there's a lot more that can come with this opportunity, which obviously, I mean, getting a scholarship is an incredible accomplishment. Um, and, you know, all the guys deserve it. But there's only so many you can give at the end of the day. Uh, so I think they always do a really great job of, of you know, adding some, some preferred walk-ons as well. Uh, and, you know, Jake's another great testament to that. Certainly. And, and again, you know, just another guy that, you know, the Beavers just kind of identified, knew that they liked, another guy that would fit in their system. And, you know, we, we've seen, you know, a guy like, um, you know, Jackson Chris, as I just mentioned, is kind of still in that role. And even mentioned, you know, the, he, he's always a guy that's mentioned, you know, Tristan Jevy is always a guy that, you know, mentioned him throughout the year. Chance has already mentioned him a couple of times. So, you, you know, the, the, the tight bondness of those guys in that quarterback room definitely cannot be understated. So I think they're just adding another high character guy, which will only help down the line. Uh, moving to the backfield now, one of the gems of this recruiting class, Jared, I know you and I have been excited about this guy for a while when, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I was the guy that called. He was going to come here, I believe, quite a while ago. And you were giving me a hard time about it back then. So, you know, maybe I had an intuition. But anywho, on to Demir Collins, the five foot nine, 186 pound running back out of Jefferson, a former four star recruit, ended up checking in as a three. Uh, Jared, he is an explosive athlete. He can do a lot of different things and he'll really kind of fit that Brian Lindgren offense of being able to be multifaceted and, you know, get the ball in space and be able to make plays. And um, given that the Beavers, you know, kind of are always looking for playmakers on offense, I think more so than anyone else in this class, he will have a chance to contribute early in some fashion, kick return, punt return, just, you know, even a few routes out of the backfield, what have you. Yeah, no, Demir is a great player. He really is. And I I still remember texting you, like, I don't know, like, I I think it was, I mean, this had to probably be over a year ago or maybe right around a year ago. And uh, I think it was a mailbag question. Somebody asked, like, what 2021 player would you, you know, be comfortable saying? Or, like, well, who, who's the top-rated 2021 player you think will land? Well, something along those lines. And you said to me, I was like, that's a, that's interesting. It felt <laughs> too early to say that to me because at that at that point in time, he's blowing up, getting offers from, from who knows what. And at that point in time, it's worth also noting that he had a really good relationship with the coaching staff at the other school in the state of Oregon. Yes, Uh, you'd be remiss if you did not mention how certain circumstances maybe guided him 
to sure. Oregon State as opposed to maybe that school in the South. You're not going to speak for him or anything, Absolutely. but given that he had a coach that went there, that closed the door on Oregon. Yeah, uh, but I mean, not, not not that that's even the main reason. You know, we always talk about Coach Petrie being such a great recruiter, and this is another example of that. And one thing that I really love, too, is that they really roll the dice. You know, they don't send out a lot of offers, They especially Petrie. It was the same thing last year with Isaiah Newell. They just – find their guy and I mean they full court press it yep. and it, you've seen it pay off and I mean, this is another you know great great press. I love that wording it, the full court press I love that yeah. no they do they do they, they put in all their effort right off the bat and you know they do it for, throughout the whole cycle so super interesting you know Demir I remember another thing too uh when he was kind of making a name for himself Coach Petrie going out there, and I think Demir had like 250 yards. And yep. God knows how many touchdowns. <laughs> but dang, this is somebody they have to keep in the state. Here we are today, signed his national letter of intent. Uh, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah, and just my, my last point on Demir, I mean, you know, you and I have talked about it. I think, you know, you we both written pieces on just the impact of, you know, having those native Oregonians, uh, you know, in your in your um, in your program, especially for Oregon State, you know, we talk about guys like Henry Buckles, who we'll talk about later in this podcast. Uh, Sam, obviously, as we just talked about, you know, getting that, and, and obviously with Collins, getting those homegrown guys, um, especially for a school like Oregon State, it goes a long way. It's a whole separate podcast on exactly how, but all I can say is it goes a long way. So, Demir, huge addition. Um, again, the the backfield is deep. And, and that's what I, I, I caution edge fans of thinking he's maybe going to play right away because we look at this this year. A lot of edgers maybe expected Tehran Madison to get in the mix this year. There's many mailbag questions about it, right? Even Isaiah Newell. But the Beavers really go one, two at running back. You know, Calvin Tyler got a pretty good run uh, against Utah with BJ Baylor and uh, Jamar back against uh, Stanford. Calvin Tyler, I think, got one or two carries. So, the Beavers like to go one, two. So that's where I think in the case of Collins, him being able to be that guy that could go right away and do kick returns, punt returns. Um, and again, the Beavers showed this last year. It's possible that they could play true freshman. Zariah Beeson is that example. So something to keep an eye on. But again, really excited about Demir Collins' future. Uh, over to the wide receiver, Jimmy Valson. Um, another guy, Jared and I were just really excited from the moment we heard he was going to be a commit six foot, 390 pounder, uh, from Arlington, Texas. Again, two straight years of a receiver that many other Texas schools wanted that Oregon state was able to draw out of there. Uh, I ended, you know, ended up doing a story on that pipeline, Jared, and you've done stuff as well. The Beavers are, you know, starting to build some inroads down there. And in the case of Valson, he brings size to a position that needs it. And uh, more than anything, I, I think he's going to be a really good player for him. Yeah, no, it's a state that you want to definitely have some kind of pipeline built to. Uh, but, you know, many schools fail to do that. And Oregon, just geographically, it's pretty crazy to think that that it's becoming a thing. Yep. But it is. Uh, and it's a great thing. And obviously, Valson is the, the latest addition from the state. He's a great player. We, we noted last year a lot of the – well, I mean, they brought in great, fantastic players – but maybe something that was missing was the size, the, the guy to, to get up and go grab the jump balls. We know they've got speed, um, you know, in, in last year's class, you know, Trevor Pope, Silas Bolden, those guys, quick. super fast guys, but not six foot three. Yep. So when you have a guy coming in at six foot three, I think, yeah, even on the updated height and weight, six foot three, 190, he's got the size already. Yep. 
and he's only going to get bigger once he gets to to Oregon State. So uh, you know, having that guy could uh, could be a difference maker, and maybe not right away, like you said. You know, it's it's hard for any freshman to come yeah, in, but but it's possible. Yeah, and that's what I have, and and that's kind of my point with like as you as you mentioned, that's you know as far as like it not being easy. Typically, it's not, and you know you look this year, Zariah Beeson was kind of the only guy, mm-hmm. and you know you go back to like before the season, Jonathan Smith, Brian Lindgren, yeah, yeah, you know he could play, he could play, and then as it got closer, it's oh he's gonna play, and now yeah. with Colby Taylor's retirement, he's starting this weekend against Arizona State. So he goes from, you know, being a high school football player last year to enrolling early to being ready to go, getting those crucial, you know, three spring practices or whatever it was in, um, in April or March. And then, um, you know, is able to turn in a pretty good, uh, um, a pretty good season, all things considered. And, you know, I bet that in a year like this, that experience is paramount. So you know, the receivers, is it possible? Sure. The Beavers are deep there, but again, the size, you know, you look this last weekend, Treshawn Harrison has a little bit more size than everyone else in that room. And he made a big impact. So I, I think that's certainly possible. So something to keep an eye on there as well. Uh, Jared, I'm really curious to get your thoughts uh, on Oregon state's latest tight end. It always seems like uh, Brian Wozniak and um, you know, and, and company always seem to go get a couple guys that you and I are just super intrigued about, whether it was Tommy Spencer and Jake Overman last year. Now they pick up another tight end. I mean, are the Beavers trying to go for like a tight end? You hear things, take some of Stanford's thunder here. Or at some point, is it going to be too many mouths to feed? I don't think so. I mean, I think, I think it'll work itself out uh, one way or the other. It's tight ends a position where sometimes you could see, uh, people just like, you know, they get there, they put on a bunch of weight and they realize maybe I should play on like offensive tackle or something. Right. Uh, or, you know, you know, you, you obviously with the transfer portal becoming thing out, not saying that's, that's going to happen at all, but it is another option as well. I think they're going to try to get a tight end pretty much in every class, at least one. Yeah. Um, JT is a, is a great one. Just continuing, like you said, and talking about size. He certainly doesn't lack any of that massive guy. I remember uh, Gorney telling me when, when, when they picked up the commitment, like this is a this is your first down go getter, you know, just yep. throw it up. He's I mean, gonna... six six two forty almost. I mean, Jared, that is just ob- objectively speaking, that is a massive human. Massive human. I always like to say that is a massive human, and JT's pretty athletic as well, despite his size. So uh, he's a another great addition. Guy that got overlooked, he really did. Yeah, and, and I, I would think agree. I think he's got the opportunity simply because of the size and again we talk about the athleticism but I mean it's how can you why do you think he maybe was overlooked because I I, kind of looking at his profile a little bit I kind of came to that same conclusion you know as I was kind of looking at him and even looking at him deeper today Mm -hmm. why do you maybe think that was I mean the same kind of reason that maybe Tommy Spencer was a little bit more overlooked last year well Tommy Tommy's school is a little bigger it, it can always be a variety of reasons sometimes and I I, I am not saying by any means at all that this is what happened. Sometimes the coaches don't send out enough stuff about their players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, there's just not enough media or any kind of attention on the schools, maybe because they're not, you know, winning a bunch of games or whatever. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not diamonds in the rough. Right. And, you know, without – obviously, California didn't get to play this year. So there's no telling how good Carmel would have been. But, you know, obviously, two-star rating on a 6'6". 
tight end is uh, something that people will question. And hopefully, hopefully he'll come in and, and prove everybody wrong. Yeah, certainly. And, and, you know, you look in particularly speaking, I mean, not that Tegan Quatoriano was a, a massively high recruit either. I mean, Luke Musgrave was a little higher. I believe he was a three. So, I mean, you know, um, there's obviously variance and we talk about it all the time. Um, you know, coaches don't pay, mo- pay much mind to those types of things. They want right. the guys right. that are going to fit the program, the guys that, you know, and that's why I said, I believe, Jonathan Smith, you know, we wrote about it the other day, small, but mighty, you know, it's a class that fits. It's a class that they know is really tight knit. They're going to fit their program well. And more so than other years, they were able to do their homework. You can do your homework on 11 guys a lot more so than, I mean, not say that you can't, but you can just be so much more in depth and so much more in detail with 11 guys as opposed to say 20, you know, or more some of these bigger recruiting classes. So Oregon State, I think, was able to specialize and really identify people that are great for the program. So that's always a good thing as well. So moving right along after JT Byrne, let's move up front to the offensive line. Another addition for Jim Mahal, check and co. You know he's going to like this one. Another local guy, Henry Buckles, a, a guy that you and I, uh, again, had on the podcast. Really enjoyed talking with him. Uh, six foot two, 285 pounder from Hood River. Um, you know, Jim Mahalchuk is a great evaluator of talent. Um, and from watching what I've seen on tape from Henry and knowing his uh, Mahalchuk's track record of developing talent, uh, he's a guy that, you know, in a couple of years, I think could really, you know, challenge for a starting spot on the line. He's got that potential. And another in-state guy as well. Yes. Uh, very Henry, he's a, he was the first commit in the class. He kicked things off um, really right after he got his offer. He, he went on a visit. Obviously loved what he's seen. It wasn't his first time on campus by any means. Right. Uh, you know, growing up where he did, he, he grew up, you know, ready for this opportunity. So once it came, he he was sure to, to jump all over it. He was another guy where you never questioned his commitment level to the program. He was, uh, you know, always true and, and always very, you know, super responsive to us. We've talked a lot uh, on this one, in particular, this class about high character guys. Uh, and you'll also hear, hear us say a lot that, you know, this could be a guy that comes in and makes an impact. That's just because that's the way it is. Yeah. And Henry, you know, Henry's just another example of that. Certainly. And, and, you know, I, I think he'll be a guy that has the potential, you know, the, an offensive line, you know, unless you're a, um, you know, a raw, raw, just massively big recruit, you usually need a couple of years of seasoning, you know, in a couple of years to kind of get your weight up and, you know, figure out what part of, you know, find your pecking order and so to speak. And, and just historically with what coach Mahalchik has done, you know, usually not putting a lot of the younger guys on there, but again, Buckles being a local guy, an Oregonian, um, you know, reminds me of a guy like Blake Brandle, you know, who came from central Catholic and turned out to be, you know, one of the better left tackles the Beavers ever had just as far as he just lived and breathed Oregon state. And that's the kind of the same thing that I get um, from you, you know, in your conversation with Henry, it's just like you said, he had been preparing for an opportunity like this and, this is where he wants to be. And that's always a super cool thing. So, um, you know, kudos to him for that. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, Jared, arguably another one of the real gems of this class. Um, As you mentioned, beat out a couple big time schools for O'Marion Faamo. Did did I get it right? Close. So it's like, there's a little bit of a, uh, I don't I don't even know what the origin of that last name would be. Probably like some sort of Hawaiian, but it's Fa'amui. 
Fa'amoy. Okay, so there you go. The six foot two, 270 pounder Fa'amoy uh, from um, West uh, or from Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, West High School. Jared, this was one of the recruiting battles that was just, in a word, impressive. And I, I would just kind of like to get your thoughts on why and uh, particularly how you see this as one that is almost like a program defining, you know, win as far as knocking out some of the bigger suitors to land his services. It's crazy because uh, even the closest people to O'Marion were completely clueless about what it was going to do. He kept it all on the hip um, and his coaches, you know, his family, even his parents had no clue what was going to happen. I think everyone really expected him to, to stay home and go to Utah. He's a legacy at Utah. Uh, I don't think they, his parents played sports, but they went there. So everybody's like kind of just, Thinking, you know, he's quiet, so he's probably just going to stay home. Yeah. And not only that, but he's got offers from Nebraska. He's got offers from Tennessee, LSU offers. Yep. But the guy's got offers. I mean, uh, LSU is pretty good these days. They're, they're all right. Not Maybe not so much this year. I guess but, not these days. But, but I mean, <laughs> as far as, like, recent success, I mean, that's something that's going to get your eyes. I mean, you're like, whoa, you know. Certainly. I mean, the offer sheet speaks for itself. Yep. Uh, he's continued to, to keep it locked. But – that's admirable in a lot of ways. Um, you can tell he's a guy that just wants to put in the work. He doesn't care about all the flashy rah-rah here and there, whatever. He just wants to put in the work. And, uh, you know, a fantastic addition. He did get to play football in 2020. Utah, a lot of guys, even from the state of Oregon, moved out to Utah uh, so they could play football. And uh, luckily for him, he was already there. Had a good season, uh, like eight, eight tackles for loss nearly. Uh, yep. So he's, he's a disruptor. And that's what Oregon State needed. They may be looking for more in this class, uh, but he's he's definitely a good addition. Well, and the thing for me is he just fills such a big position of need. You know, you look at what Oregon State was really missing this year on defense. You know, you saw the growth, in my opinion, in the linebacker position. The depth is there in the secondary. But you really could tell they were missing, you know, Jordan Whitley, who obviously, unfortunately, was diagnosed, you know, with a heart condition and didn't end up playing this year and, you know, continued thoughts and prayers to go out to him as well. And then Jeremy Reichner uh, with the reported opt-out as well. Those were two guys that would have been game changers for this defense, in my opinion. And, you know, uh, a lot of edgers have been asking us, you know, how can there not be more, you know, defensive line? How come, you know, they're not attacking it? Well, I think Fa'amoy is a good enough player where I think he can play right, right away and potentially could get really good, um, you know, snaps as far as being able to be in the rotation quickly. And then, you know, also I think they're going to look at transfer portal and options like that as well. So, you know, I think they're, the options are open, but as far as like the inverse, I think of like the Henry Buckle situation, Moy is a guy who I think could come in and potentially be not a plug and play guy, but a guy that potentially, potentially could be, you know, ready to contribute earlier than maybe, you know, most. And, you know, for how talented I believe that he is, um, you know, I, I think we'll just have to wait and see. But it's another really big addition for the Beavers. They get a guy that can really get after the quarterback, and that's always a good thing. Uh, moving along uh, back to the other side, or back a little further in the defense to linebacker, um, another really early commitment in this one, Easton uh, Mascarenas. Did I get it right that time? Yeah, yeah you did. Nice. All right, six foot, 225-pounder, outside linebacker. Uh, what can you not say about Easton? Um, just an impressive player. Impressive player. Um, just reading like his bio and whatnot earlier today. Um, just, you know, a great guy, another high character guy. 
uh, brings a lot to the table. And oh, wait, guess what? His brother's Achille Arnold. Pretty cool deal. And maybe a little, uh, hey, bro, come on over here to Oregon State. But uh, however it worked, it worked. And uh, now Oregon State uh, has got another pair of brothers in the program. Yeah, Easton was another guy that was identified early on uh, before the, the 2020 class was even signed. Um, so Easton's been a, a guy that they've been after for a while. Obviously, like you said, you've got Achilles, who is also probably in his ear about it. Although if you ask him, he'll tell you, you know, it's always just regular conversation. Yeah. He, he never influenced me one way or another. Of course, you know, if you're his brother, you're probably like, yeah, I mean, it'd be amazing for you to come here. And he yeah. did say that that's something that they talked about growing up, of course. But when it came down to it and the opportunity was actually there, yep. you know, it wasn't something where he was like, bro, you got to come here. But it ended up happening, credit to the staff and probably some credit to Achilles as well for that. Um, you know, his parents were super comfortable with the decision. And uh, just another super great addition, like you said, he's, a, he's an awesome guy. Uh, always been super responsive. And he's, he's throughout the year, I could see him just getting more locked in and getting more involved, watching all the games, everything like that. So it, it, super great addition. He's going to bleed black and orange till, till yep. hopefully he goes to the league. And certainly, again, I, just another guy that um, I think really fits the program well. You bring in, like you said, a brother. I think that fits, continues to fit the high character guy. Obviously, his parents probably really liked Coach Smith, um, you know, particularly even, you know, Tim Tibisar, I'm sure, was in those conversations as well. So really cool deal there. Um, moving along to the next linebacker on our list. Um, you, you might have to help me with this one, Jared. The Messi Saluni? I think that's pretty close. Samisi. Samisi. Yeah. Okay. It's like uh, all fairness and apologies uh, to in advance. I'll get your all's names uh, soon enough uh, if, if I'm butchering them slightly. But the six foot four, <laughs> 252 pounder, arguably the biggest adjustment um, from where he was uh, as, as far as his player card from 2018. This was an LVS uh, mission kid, but added on significant weight from you know what that player card was. And uh, I think this is a guy who you look at the last mission linebacker the Beavers got, Riley Sharp. Right. He was ready to go, like boom, boom, boom. He was ready. You know, I believe he redshirted one year, um, but then you know was basically ready to go. And these mission kids, they have you know sometimes the maturity aspect. You know, I remember a couple of years ago writing that feature or last year on Sharp and talking to Coach Smith and how. You know, the maturity of these, you know, LBS kids come in, you know, they're older, their, you know, bodies are a little bit more developed, so on and so forth. Um, could this be a guy that we see maybe sneak into the rotation being a much older freshman? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that, that's what I really wanted to, to get at. He's an old freshman, you yeah. know, as far as eligibility goes, he's got the same as everybody else, but age-wise he's older yep. and he's had that time to, as you pointed out, develop his body get ready to be at that Pac-12, Power 5, FBS level. And obviously, he's very much that physically now. It's just going to be a matter of him, you know, getting in, learning the systems and yep. applying that all. So very, he could absolutely make an impact. Uh, linebacker, of course, at Oregon State recently has been a not, not really a position of need uh, just because the guys they've got it have been so good. But, you know, things happen, as we saw with, with Avery, and, uh, and everything like that. So you never know when, when you're going to be called up. So for him to come in prepared physically, like the way he has, uh, you know, made the most of his two years going. And now he's, he, there's no doubt he's ready to go. He's been locked in. 
Certainly. And, and again, we'll, we'll move right along to the last linebacker uh, in the class. It's preferred walk on Jake Perella, the six foot four, 215 pound outside linebacker. Uh, Jared, this was kind of uh, an addition that uh, came on a little bit later in the process. And um, a guy that as far as those preferred walk-ons go, you know, we're hearing that the Beavers were pretty excited about him. Yeah, no, he surprised everyone. You know, his dad, his, his dad played football in Nebraska and he had an opportunity to continue that legacy, instead decided that he wanted to play at Oregon State. We haven't talked to Jake, so I couldn't tell you why. Uh, but if I had to, if I had to bet, it's just again, like we were talking about earlier, the opportunity that lies at Oregon State, and the fact that the staff could come to him and say, "Yes, you know, here's here's your preferred walk-on opportunity. Come make the most of it. See what happens." And uh, you know, he's he's a really good player. Had a great uh, season last year. So there's no doubt that, you know, he's probably spent all this time getting himself ready. And I'm sure, you you know, you can you can see it just on social media. The guy's ready to go just like everybody else. And again, and just another addition, you know, we've, we, we always like to keep an eye on those preferred walk-on guys because as we've seen in the Smith tenure, it's not uncommon for those guys to work really hard and end up being scholarship guys by the time they're all said and done. And, you know, Jonathan even said as much earlier this year saying, you know, that's one of the, his favorite parts of the job is being able to reward those guys the same way he was rewarded, you know, for being, you know, that guy all, you know, 20 some odd years ago now. So again, those are the parts of the recruiting process that are really special. So again, a couple guys that you're absolutely pulling for in the long run um, to wrap up uh, the group, you know, small group, as we mentioned, just 11, 11 additions. And uh, um, uh, now we, we've, we wrap up with Arnez Madison, the defensive back of the group, Six foot two, 170 pounds from Los Angeles, California. Jared, did, were the Beavers able to tiptoe into, you know, UCLA and USC territory and emerge with someone that those two schools may be like, ah, we missed one here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I think Tom will tell the answer to that question. Uh, but on the surface, you know, Arnez is a guy with, with great size, uh, another really smart kid who could talk to. And uh, I mean, you sh if you've read the, the bio that, uh, that the staff put out today uh, and that we've got on Beaver's Edge, the kid wants to study pre-law. So it. If, that, if that doesn't say anything about his mindset and his maturity, uh, then I don't know what will. Because I can tell you for sure that when I was his age, I was not, I didn't even, I barely knew how, how to even get into something like that. So, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely a, another great addition. I didn't even know what I was going to major in at that point, Jared. I mean, like going to my freshman year, I'm like, I think I want to do this. And, you know, I ended up going marketing and switched it around to communications. And that's what I ended up sticking with. But to be right now going into college saying, I'm doing this, that is some mental fortitude. This guy is a man with a plan. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. And he's a good, again, not, not to focus solely on what he does off the yeah, field as well. He's a long guy. He's going to be a, another disruptor in the in the passing game, uh, and you know, look for him to to turn some heads. Do you think that you know, just looking at his frame, is there room for him to add some weight to that yeah. one seventy? You know, six foot two. How ideally, where would you like to see him be to get to you know, kind of, you know, I think like Nayshawn, right? Kind of a taller guy, a little bit more lanky. He's not super big, but added a little bit more weight. You know, just from yeah. like last year, for instance. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's close. I'd say 185, 190, yeah. six foot two. I for I'm about six one, and I'm about 180, 185 yeah. fluctuates. 
So, I mean, I'm not nearly as athletic as him. So uh, he probably better compare 40 times, Jared. Let's get you and Arnez out there. He probably uses that little less weight to fly around in ways that I couldn't even dream of. Yep. So, you know, it's hard to say, but I think just as far as physicality goes, yeah, he may want to put on a couple more pounds. For sure. And, and again, just a really cool, really cool um, story. And like you said, definitely going to be uh, someone who's extremely focused on his studies when he uh, arrives in Corvallis. So that'll go ahead and wrap up this edition of the podcast. Uh, make sure to stay tuned to beaversedge.com. We're going to continue to have more content throughout the day. We'll have Jonathan Smith's reaction. And then Jared and I will have uh, content tomorrow on Thursday as well. So make sure and keep it locked to beaversedge.com. Thanks for checking out this episode.